we we are living in unprecedented days for many of us. Uh, for many of us, this last year will have been the most difficult year of our lives. And of course, uh, we are still living in very difficult and very trying days uh, because of this global pandemic. 12 weeks, which has become 12 months and counting. And we are hearing news over the weekend that uh, Europe is, uh, Greater Europe is heading into a third wave of the COVID pandemic and the uh, virus is increasing exponentially again in Germany and other countries. That's a, a concern and we need to double our efforts in prayer for that. Uh, we thank the Lord for the vaccine and the impact that's having in our nation uh, but undoubtedly, we are going to need to learn to live with COVID. Uh, but how do we understand the times? How do we understand the many different voices which are telling us this and telling us that? Many voices predicting that this is the end of time. This is the end of the world and Jesus is coming back imminently. Well, we need to be those like the men of Issachar who understand the times and what Israel should do. We need to understand uh, what we should be doing in these days. When we understand what is happening, when we have a sense of that from the Lord, when we have an assurance and a confidence about that, it's a source of great hope and it brings stability and it brings comfort to our lives. As the people of God, we should be those that sit, uh, stand on, solid ground. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. We should be those that know comfort, even in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. So many times over this last year, we've either heard the uh, reference to uh, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, wars, rumours of wars. People quoting uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 and predicting revival and others using the words of Jesus from Matthew 24 and other places. Uh, interesting that in those places when Jesus refers to wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines and pestilences, he is talking about those as the beginnings of sorrows. And right at the beginning of that uh, teaching that he brings, he's, he warns people not to be deceived by overreacting to these kind of things. And then on the other hand, we've got the anti-vaxxers and we've got even got Christian voices that are, are against vaccination, telling us that we'll be impregnated with the mark of the beast. I think this is about the third or fourth different interpretation of the mark of the beast that I've heard in my lifetime. Uh, first of all, it was barcodes and then it was credit cards uh, and then it was uh, different ways of using our telephones and things. And now here's another way that they're saying, uh, uh, I believe falsely, that it's uh, the, the mark of the beast. But amidst all of this, those two scriptures that we read, there's a great shaking going on. Ever since the kingdom of God was launched in and through our lovely Lord Jesus, through his triumphant and victorious death and resurrection, as he came and demonstrated what the kingdom was like. God has been shaking 
all things. And it's only those things that are founded on Christ, the solid rock, the foundation of our faith. And those things which are founded and secure uh, and uh, based on the values and vision of the kingdom of God that will survive the shaking. Everything else will crumble and fall under the shaking and the kingdom of God will stand strong and Christ will stand strong to the end. We see various places where that's prophesied in the scriptures, the statues of Daniel and the one that stands uh, above them all. And then in Romans 8, uh, Paul tells us that uh, creation is groaning with birth pangs, uh, seeking to give birth to God's new creation when uh, in and through Jesus' return, all things will be put right. Heaven will be reflected on the earth in all its fullness and perfection. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more disease. Uh, everything will be filled with the fullness of God in all things. Oh, how we long for those days. And uh, interestingly as well, Paul in his writings, particularly in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he brings instruction and he, he, he gives his opinion as one who can be trusted in the Lord. He talks about in the midst of this present distress or this present crisis, uh, how Christians should be living. And uh, yes, we're living in the end times, no doubt about that. Ever since Jesus came on the scene, we are living in the end days. We are living in the last days. Undoubtedly, the return of Jesus is becoming ever closer. We are those that live in the overlap of the ages uh, with this fallen world that fell in the garden as Adam and Eve rejected and rebelled against God. And then Christ came to break that curse, to destroy the power of sin and death and break the power of evil. And uh, we are called to work together in the power of the spirit to bring the kingdom of God in greater measure, to make known the great uh, message of Christ's saving work so that many can be drawn into the kingdom. And then Jesus will come back. No one knows the day or the hour, the father alone, even Jesus, when he walked this earth, did not know the day or the hour. And we need to be uh, mindful, watchful, careful, attentive, that uh, we don't get uh, sucked in to people that claim to know the day or the hour. Well, how do we understand? We're living, I believe, in the midst of a global crisis, uh, but that's what it is. It's a global crisis rather than the climax and the return of Christ uh, imminently. And I'll explain why. Uh, I, I think there are some clear signs within scripture that we can be confident about, that we can look for, which are reliable, trustworthy signs of Jesus's return. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, and pestilences, I would suggest those are going on all of the time. The things we should be looking for with confidence and clarity are three things. First and foremost, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth and then the end shall come. Matthew 24 and verse 14. And 2 Peter 3 uh, talks about as 
hastening that great and glorious day of the Lord. We hasten the day of the Lord by giving our lives in the service of God, giving our lives for the kingdom of God and making known the message of salvation. Well, we know that there are still a large number of people groups that have never, ever heard the gospel. Uh, there are eight billion people living on the planet and roughly 2.6 claim to live as Christians. Now, we know within that number, there will be a large proportion of nominality. People that claim to walk in Christianity, but don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, but Christianity is roughly a third of the world's population. And what we need to understand is that we are living in the days when heaven is being populated like never before. In the global south of the world, people are coming to Christ uh, in incredible numbers. In South America, in Africa, in Asia. So we can take great heart. We can uh, draw hope and comfort that uh, many are coming to Christ in these days. In Africa alone, in the last 30 to 40 years, they've gone from around 38 million Christians to around 900 million. That's incredible, exponential, phenomenal growth and the kingdom of heaven have an impact. Heaven being populated like never before. In the 19th century, for every Christian, towards the end of the 19th century, for every Christian alive, uh, uh, there were seven non-Christians. That's how close we'd come to bringing in uh, the end of the age. Uh, that drifted throughout the 20th century to one per 11, and it's come back down now to about one in nine, was the last uh, figures that I uh, fully understood. So we can see that all the time God is working to get the gospel into all the earth and then the end will come. We still need missionaries to go to these unreached people groups because Revelation tells us, Revelation 7, that uh, there's a great multitude, an innumerable, immeasurable multitude in heaven worshipping the lamb that was slain from every tribe, tongue and nation upon the earth. So we still know we have some way to go to see and make disciples of all the nations. The second thing is we need to be looking in the imminent days before Jesus comes back for a great return of the Jewish people to Jesus as their Messiah, as their Lord and their Savior. Paul writes to us uh, between Romans 9 and 11 about uh, the fall of Israel and the fall, the rejection of Israel of their Messiah meant life for the world and the gospel going to the Gentiles. And when the full number of the Gentiles have come in, Israel will be provoked to jealousy and they will return to Jesus as their Messiah, as their Lord and their Savior. And uh, then the full number of Israel, all Israel will be saved, Paul tells us. And what uh, we need to understand is their rejection was life uh, for the world. What will their acceptance be, Paul tells us, but life from the dead, the end time resurrection that the Jewish people have always believed in and always looked for. So uh, when we know that Jesus' return is imminent, we will see 
the Jewish people uh, returning to God in great numbers, a great revival amongst the Jews. And then finally, Jesus is coming back for a radiant bride, a bride who has made herself ready. Uh, many of you will have been brides in your lives and uh, you spend a lot of trouble and effort making yourself look radiant and beautiful what you wear how your hair is going to be what uh, you're going to uh, do to make and beautify yourself your perfume your makeup you go to a lot of trouble uh, the different flowers you're going to wear in your hair and uh, your okay uh, thank you jean and uh, you know, we make such an effort in this physical realm, but the bride of Christ needs to make herself ready. Christ is coming back for a radiant, a glorious, a beautiful, a spotless, a blameless bride. And certainly in the Western world and the Western church, I'm not sure we're there yet. We're still rocked by scandal after scandal. We still see uh, great division within the body of Christ, but there is hope and we can take comfort that we are seeing uh, the different streams, the different denomination, the different brands of Christianity uh, beginning to unite in greater measure. These are great uh, cause for celebration and we need to keep praying that God's people would unite as one. That great high priestly prayer of John chapter 17. So signs of Jesus' return, we will see increasing light coming on the earth, disciples being made of all the nations, and you and I have a part to play in that, in hastening the day. The Jews returning to Gentile, as the, the Jews returning to Jesus, as the Gentile church uh, provokes them, because it's so blessed by God to return to Jesus, their Messiah, and the bride making herself ready. All of this happening, but at the same time as that light is coming in greater measure, we will see the darkness increasing as well. If we move along to the next slide, John. So first and foremost, like we read in that verse in Romans 8, and as Jesus refers to in that discourse in the temple about the end times, we need to know that there are birth pangs. Uh, and uh, those of you that have being pregnant, the ladies, of course, amongst us, and uh, those of you that have gone through labor, we had two um, sections, cesarean <laughs> sections, so uh, we didn't uh, go through that experience ourselves as a couple. But uh, birth pangs uh, begin when the baby's about to be born. But here's the thing the birth pangs increase in intensity and frequency as the birth gets closer. They are painful and uh, uh, they are um, accelerate as the birth comes. So what we need to understand is these crises, they're like birth pangs. Uh, creation all the while is groaning in earnest expectation to see the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, take their place the, for the adoption to take place, for the children of God to be placed in new creation, in their resurrection bodies. That's what creation is longing for, to throw off the subjection of the fall, the curse 
that creation has had to endure and to be released and set free as the people of God are fully uh, revealed as God has always intended them to be. As I've said, as a physical birth is approaching, those birth pangs increase in intensity and frequency. We will see these crises increasing in intensity and frequency. And we're beginning to see some of that in our own lifetime, I believe. So let's be watching the birth pangs, but watching with understanding. The second thing, there will be counterfeit faiths and uh, there will be... Um, False messiahs, Jesus warns us not to be taken in by people claiming to be him or claiming to be this or claiming to be that. We see many, many false religions uh, being proliferated in our day and given more and more attention. And thirdly, the globalization and the rise of the Antichrist. The world has become a small place because of the invention of the internet, isn't it? We have a local and a global reach now. And even when John was writing, there are verses for all of these, you'll see them on the screen. Even when John was writing to his uh, readers, the churches he was writing to in his day, he said, even now, many, uh, many antichrists have come. The spirit of antichrist is being poured out all the time, false signs, false prophets, false messiahs. And we see that in so many different ways. We see that expressed through uh, legislation that our country is making, which is ungodly and goes against the truth revealed in God's word. We see that being expressed in our media, through our televisions, through the airways, with the radio. We see that expressed in our education system, in the business world, everywhere. The spirit of Antichrist seeking to kill, steal and destroy. We will see materialism, uh, Timothy tells us, in all its different forms. Undoubtedly, we live in the West in a massive consumer culture. And sadly, that has seeped right into the church. So much materialism we see uh, amongst the church of the 21st century. False claims of peace. Uh, peace, peace, and then suddenly your destruction will come upon you. Those, uh, the, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. No one knows the day or the hour. There's an element of surprise, but if we're watching, if we're ready, if we're understanding the times, then it will not catch us out. We, uh, those that watch, stay sober, walk in the light, rather than uh, get caught up in the deeds of night and darkness. And then finally, uh, great ignorance. As in the days of Noah, they will be eating and drinking, giving and taking in marriage. They didn't realize the seriousness of the day and the times that they were living amongst. And so it is in our day. Many are wanting to carry on regardless, carry on regardless of this COVID pandemic, never mind uh, what else is going on in the world. So all of these are signs of the darkness 
increasing and we can see them all around us in these days uh, we live in the last days and we live in the last hour uh, but we need to have our focus more on those signs of light than the signs of the darkness live in the light of god uh, rather than be shaped by the darkness all around us the light jesus is the light of the world the light has come into this world the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome it hallelujah what a savior so what's that mean for us uh, then we can probably say uh, with some certainty that Jesus is not coming back tomorrow or next week, simply because uh, we're not seeing those unreached people groups coming to Christ at this time. We still need to send people out as missionaries, and we're not seeing a great turning of the Jews back to Jesus in these days. We're not seeing that radiant uh, bride. So there's some way to go there doesn't mean that we don't give our all to work towards that. It begins and starts with you and with me. But we need to be those that live ready, awake, alert, attentive. Uh, let us not forget the great urgency of the early church. They gave their everything uh, to bring the kingdom of God, to make Jesus known in their day, believing that his return was uh, evident, imminent, so much so that Paul has to write to the Thessalonians and explain why some of them have died before Jesus has come back. They didn't have an understanding or a theology to cope with that, and Paul has to help them there. We need to be like the parable of the virgins, those that don't just have oil in our lamps, but we have a ready supply in our flask. We, we are living in a flow of the Holy Spirit. We know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit intimately, and uh, we know what it is to move and flow in the stream of God's Spirit. Living as people prepared, living as people prayerful, and living as people who persevere and uh, keep making Jesus known and giving their lives for the kingdom of God. Uh, so let us understand where the days we are living amongst. We will uh, come through this present crisis and uh, in the midst of it, and even when we come out of it, uh, we need to keep being ready, being prepared, being awake, being alert, being attentive, giving our lives for the kingdom and making Jesus known. Uh, when we understand where we're heading, it gives us hope for today. And let us be those that understand what God is doing in these days, what God is doing in our lives and the great and uh, inheritance that we are moving towards. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.